The Process, a podcast about creativity and making music. In a world where maybe no one is listening, outcomes and accolades for contemporary classical composers can seem far and few between. Therefore, composers must embrace the one thing they will always have complete control over, the process. This podcast aims to understand this creative process by listening to new works and discussing them with their creators. Each episode focuses on one composer and their music. By understanding how and why they create can inform inspiring composers and help audiences better understand contemporary classical music. I am Dr. Doug Bielmeyer, and I'll be your host as we explore the world of new music, creativity, and the human need to find purpose in their world and lives. This is The Process. Salazar. Eric Salazar is an emerging artist with international press attention. Dubbed a superhuman clarinet hero by Big Car in 2015, Salazar pioneers the indie classical genre. He takes his classical training and fuses together modern electronics with classical instruments, blending ancient styles with present musical trends. Salazar's collective approach to performing wins the hearts of audiences as he guides them through the exploration of raw emotion. Eric's purpose for writing music is to create art that challenges standards, unites audiences of uncommon backgrounds, and connects souls through creative understanding. Salazar is a 2017 recipient of the Robert D. Beckham Jr. Emerging Artist Fellowship by the Arts Council of Indianapolis. When not writing and performing new music, Salazar enjoys drinking tea, playing video games, reading comics, enjoying the nightlife, and making people laugh. I took a path that led up. And so I went up this path and I hiked and I hiked and I hiked and I went a while. And I got essentially to the end of this path and I got to pretty much the highest part of this mountain. I got up there and uh, I just sort of set my clarinet case on this stump and opened it up and I, I pulled it out. I, I remember I just looked out and I think I knew what I set out to do. Like I knew I'm gonna go play my clarinet somewhere in nature. <laughs> and so I went out and I just remember looking out and I was like, yep, I gotta play here. I gotta see what this sounds like. And so I played uh, a lot up there, maybe for an hour and a half or so. And it was amazing to me because the very first thing I did was I just played a really high uh, uh, concert F. It's a G in the clarion register for clarinet on the upper end. Not our super highest register, but on the upper end. And it traveled so far. Like, it felt like to me it traveled for miles. And I could hear it. And it was really interesting because at the time I was used to practicing in those little tiny practice rooms sure. where you can't hear anything. You can't hear how the sound travels because it doesn't go anywhere. <laughs> uh, so it was just so fascinating to me to play. I did. I climbed 
got to the highest part I could on that mountain, and I played my clarinet off of it, and the way the sound traveled just amazed me. Tell me a little bit about how, so this is clarinet, right? This is clarinet performance. Yeah. So yep. uh, one thing that I've always wondered is it, how did you transition to, quote unquote, become a composer? <laughs> or were you always a composer? Or Without know? telling anyone, I secretly, secretly. <laughs> uh, bought Reaper Audio Editor, which was the recommendation of one of my friends. And I started messing around with it and I... Also, without telling anyone, I bought some recording equipment. I bought the, uh, oh, those Zoom H4 uh, devices. They're sure. pretty good for, you know, recording, like if you're in a, a concert hall or something, just setting it in front of the ensemble. Well, they're portable, and then they also can act as an interface as well. Right, so, yeah. right. So it's, the interface is what led to my first, what I would call, real composition. I essentially recorded myself improvising on one channel and then switched to a different channel and recorded myself improvising alongside the improvisation I just did. And it was really addicting in a way. <laughs> and so I just spent a couple of weeks just doing that till I got the backing track to uh, my first real piece called Siren. I do my master's recital. There's a standing ovation and people are just like not stopping clapping. And so I was just like, you know what? Now's the time. And mm -hmm. so I s told them to stop clapping. And then I told them I was <laughs> going to play something really special. And I played Siren. And that was uh, my first real composition. And what made me realize that this is what I should be doing mm -hmm. is some of my closest friends from grad school afterwards were like, Eric, man, you know, the Copeland was great. You played Debussy really well, but your piece, it was like I was hearing you and just you for the first time. That was Siren, performed uh, and composed by Eric Salazar from a forthcoming release on Centaur Records. And it's interesting, that first performance, it was an encore. And right. <laughs> it kind of sounds like it may have not happened. If, if people well, weren't clapping or yeah. something else had happened, it may have almost not happened. Yeah, I mean, I gave the sound tech the CD and I was like, I don't know if I'm going to do this just... Yeah. If you see me point to you, then <laughs> hit it. <laughs> if you give him the nod. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about the meaning. Um, yeah. Yeah. So this. basically I uh, I bought this uh, uh, microphone that <laughs> I saw, like I browsed some forums and 
was like, most people were like, hey, this is pretty good mic for a condenser mic. Mm -hmm. For clarinet, it's pretty good if you're recording clarinet. Uh, you did some research about yeah. what is a good what is a good clarinet right. clarinet mic. Right, yeah. Um, and so, so you had that microphone. You talked about the interface that you used. Just recorded myself, and I kind of layered some improvisations. And then once I had something that was... I thought sounded really cool. I threw it into Reaper. And that's when things got really fascinating because, uh, you know, I, I realized I could do a lot with the file. Like, I it, it wasn't just, okay, I'm going to hit play and it's going to sound like this. Like, I could cut it up. I could elongate it. I could slow the speed down, which would lower the pitch mm -hmm. of what I recorded. And then I could add on reverb and uh, different distortion effects. Mm -hmm. And so it just became this like fascinating puzzle for me to figure out, like, I've got this, this music that I love. I'm not really sure what it's about yet. And then throwing it into Reaper and messing with it helped me learn what it was about and what it meant to me. And it ended up being, I called it siren. It's like, uh, not like an ambulance siren. It's like the mythological sirens in the ah, Odyssey. The siren, the siren song. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's supposed to be kind of eerie uh, and beautiful and seductive, but there's some menacing intention mm -hmm. behind it. And that's why it, it's got all those pitch bends and the harmonies that, they move in and out of being pleasing to the ear to clashing. So like a moment goes by and your ears get tickled in a rough way and then the moment passes and it sounds nice again and you're like, what's going on? And that's sure. supposed to emulate the, the siren song. What was the impetus for this or the inspiration for it? You for know, it? I just like to tell stories and sure. I like reading stories and uh, music for me is, uh, I, I focus a lot on mood, but I try to tell a story in that mood. And so, again, I had this file that I loved. And then when I put it in a Reaper, playing with the file helped me discover what the music actually was. And as I was listening to it, I just couldn't help but think of the story of the siren song. Sure. Well, technically, there's this really creative or interesting moment when we hear what sounds to be the natural clarinet, mm -hmm. um, but it's actually part of the quote unquote what I'm calling the tape part or the electronic part. Oh yeah, part. yeah, yeah.
so what was the the thinking behind that? And then shortly after we hear the we hear a clarinet, we think mm-hmm. perhaps it is the quote unquote real clarinet. <laughs> and then we start to hear um then you actually come in um mm-hmm. as right. the clarinet. So what was that moment about? What was what what you know, what were you exploring there? Yeah, so uh this was, you know, again, my first piece I actually wanted to share publicly. So uh I wasn't sure at the time artistically if I wanted to go full electronic or sure. <laughs> keep the that clarinet sound. And so it it kinda there's a lot of reverb on that, we'll call it the electronic clarinet part. Sure. Uh and so it sort of distorts the natural sound of the clarinet. So it's like um uh, for me that moment is just about becoming transfixed or the spell is being cast on you. And so uh, all of your natural perceptions are suddenly shifted and things are blurry and hazy. Uh, And then when the clarinet imitates what happens immediately before it in the electronic clarinet part, it's sort of like the spell is complete and you are now repeating what was done uh, before. So you're, you're officially under the spell. Prior to that, and especially after that, then it becomes really hard to discern now what is the, you know, the live part and, yeah. and what's the performance part. And I'm sure in a live performance, we would visually see you playing. So that would give us some cues. Um, but listening to it solely as a recording, uh, it becomes this really interesting sort of moment where you're like, okay, now, who, <laughs> you know, who's in charge here? What's going on? Yeah, um, yeah. And that's sort of a lens to the story that you're telling. Yeah, yeah. And I, I just... I like how it, it it does so much, but all all it really is is a sound file and me playing clarinet. But it it's there's so much depth to the sound itself. Next, let's listen to the beginning of Soul Search before Eric tells us how he put it all together.
Soul Search, composed and performed by Eric Salazar. That is also the title track of the upcoming EP, uh, Soul Search. So tell us a little bit about how this piece was created. I Just referencing real quickly Siren as compared to this piece, mm-hmm. it feels like they were created in very different ways, perhaps. <laughs> yeah. Um, so maybe talk a little bit about how this piece came to be. So this is actually uh, open admission. I'm a total nerd mm-hmm. for video games. Sure. And this was inspired by one of the best moments of Final Fantasy VI. And there's this sound that they used. Those games are filled with amazing music. Sure. But this is one of those moments where silence was as impactful. They took away all of the background music and just had like a... Like a wind sound. And so that wind sound, that's what inspired Soul Search artistically. wanted it to be introspective and I always tell people when I play it live with Soul Search I say think of something that's been bothering you lately maybe it's something someone said or did to you or maybe it was something you said or did to someone that you regret whatever it is think about it and while Soul Search is playing let the music bring that demon out of you and hopefully by the end of it you can let it go mm-hmm. So that's what I'm going for artistically. And it's inspired by that single moment that just affected me so deeply in that video game. Is there any kind of general structure, kind of the head and improvise and then come back to the head sort of model? Um, Do you have something similar in in this piece? Um, You know, it's... It has a structure, but I would just describe the structure as an arc. And I, I, I it's not like uh, it's not like I play a head and then improvise and then go back to the head. It's not like uh, you know Sonata Allegro form sure. where we go back to the theme. It just kind of has this arc where it starts off uh, slower. Uh, there's slower and softer, and then. By the time we get to the middle, I've really ramped up not just the the pitch and the volume, but also like the rate at which I'm playing. So the tempo gets faster, it gets louder, it gets higher. And then from there, it sort of descends back down to that slower, softer, lower uh, setting. Speaking sort of technically and sonically about how you created this, was this another piece that was also created in Reaper and um, created similarly to Siren? Yeah, so the thing that sets the two these two methods of composition apart is with Siren, it all started with clarinet. Like I recorded my clarinet playing and then put it into Reaper. Soul Search started exclusively from Reaper. And it started by me... Uh, I, I'm fascinated by drones. I don't know, maybe it's because I listen to bagpipes when I was a kid, so I like drones. I don't know. But I essentially went into Reaper, and I used just the 
the Reaper synth uh, plugin mm. to create this drone on a concert F. Mm-hmm. And so that drone stays throughout the piece, and then I periodically uh, adjust the volume so it crescendos, decrescendos, basically. And then I used the Reaper synthesizer again on a different channel, mm-hmm. uh, and then I really processed it and put it in a pitch range and put some reverb on it so it sounds like that wind sound. And so the combination of that drone and that wind sound, it 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 it's music, but it's so like it's music that that instills silence in a way. And it also sort of creates. You said it, it's it's on that concert F, but it mm-hmm. but it so it creates sort of a, a clean canvas or a palette for you right. to improvise over. Yeah. So even just thinking about, so you, now you have this concert F, you have this idea. So then do you consciously say, okay, I'm going to perform in in F now. So I'm in the key of F. Am I in the key of F? Do I have to relate to F? Actually, I stay loosely in the key of F and I use the F blues scale, actually. So um there are some interesting harmonic shifts in there, but that's just sort of what comes when you have that that sharp four sure. uh, tritone from the blues scale. Special thanks to Eric Salazar for talking with us on this episode. For more information about Eric, samples of his music, and to learn more about the process in future episodes, visit The Noise Buffalo at blogspot.com. Tune in next episode when we explore the creative cogitations with Eric and hear his responses to how and why he creates music. <laughs>